Welcome to the Present Fathers Podcast. This is the show that focuses on climbing the mountain of fatherhood together. We believe that dads matter. That's why this show is for you. So gear up, dads. Get ready. It's time to start climbing. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Present Fathers Podcast. This is a special 4th of July patriotic-themed episode. I'm visiting Dustin in person for the weekend, and so we're going to film a face-to-face episode. It's our first chance to do this, and uh, it's actually the first time we've seen each other in quite a long time. So uh, before we get too far into it, let's flex off these ridiculous uh, 4th of July-themed clothing we got here. Mine says, I don't do cardio because these colors don't run. (laughs) So, yeah, and then uh, you might need to stand, actually, for the viewers so they can see your epic shorts. Are you sure they want to see this? Yeah, let's, right, let's bring let's it out. It. It's the, yep. the Uber Mandals and uh, the, yeah. the Total Dad. I don't know if we can see it, but anyway. Uh, you can tilt it down a little bit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, yep. <laughs> nice. America. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> so, yeah, we're, we're in full 4th of July spirit. We're going to do kind of a lighthearted episode today. Um, just having fun with it for the vacation and why not, right? So yeah. it's actually, we've been a podcast now for about exactly one year, uh, give or take a few days. So it's kind of kind of a good way to kick off the new year, so to speak. Yeah, it's America's birthday and it's also the present father's birthday. That's right. So and our, our theming yeah. is very red, white, and blue also. So <laughs> it works out very well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was supposed to be here like way earlier yesterday and uh, got in at like 3 a.m. And Dustin and I haven't seen each other for almost 10 years, I feel like. I think it's been a decade. Seven, eight, something like that. It's been, just life's been crazy. But uh, I forgot how absolutely massive you are compared to me. (laughs) So for those who may, you maybe can't tell sitting in these chairs, I'm like 5'9 on a good day. You're like, what, 6'2", 6'3"? 6'4 is my playing height. 6'4, okay. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, so we get in at 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm like, like, we're trying to sneak in to not wake him up. And... uh, he comes upstairs to, to like say hi and I meet him on the stairs and he's like good two steps below me and you know we kind of do the bro hug thing <laughs> you're seeing me eye to eye and I'm like oh yeah I forgot how big you are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you may be big and I can still beat the crap out of you I think I got you I don't so. know I think it might be the uh, Elon Musk Mark Zuckerberg situation mm. we'll talk more about that later well let's talk about it right now actually yeah. let's, All right. let's uh so who you got see okay so Elon is 6'2 over 200 pounds I think he's more like 220 he talked about his uh, his technique as the walrus, <laughs> which is basically where he's just, just going to lay on him. He's just going to lay on Zuckerberg. He's got easily you know four or five inches of reach on Zuck, who's maybe five seven, and uh, all that extra weight. I think he's going to win the fight. I think size matters, and I think he's going to take him here. That's what so, she said. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I'm uh, I'm Team Elon. You're here. Team Elon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to play the I'm a small guy card okay. and. Uh, in high school had to wrestle the heavyweights in practice yeah and i would consistently take them down because uh speed matters and uh especially technique matters so if yeah. elon is untrained and zuck apparently is like a black belt or pretty close to it yeah uh, I, I hate to say this because i'm not a fan of zuckerberg at all but yeah a guy who knows what he's doing weight almost doesn't to a certain extent doesn't matter yeah. uh i think most fighters would probably agree with you on that or agree with me on that that uh technique and skill can really offset a big weight disparity a lot of the time because so a lot of a lot of it comes into he can just dance around and tire musk out that's yeah if i mean musk needs to I mean, win quickly he's yeah, got to yeah. get in there and he's got to submit him so quickly th- there's always that right if yeah. he get, if he catches the lucky lucky punch or whatever right then it's yeah. over yes yeah. so might be might be exciting actually 
I'm. It's ridiculous, but I'm actually really excited. It's about super this fight. ridiculous, yeah. and they're gonna fight in the Colosseum or something. They're actually going to Italy, like the actual Colosseum. But you know how fight. how men settle disputes. This is like the ultimate masculine, you know, thing. So. Yeah, I love it. Uh, my favorite book is uh, Nassim Taleb's Skin in the Game. Yeah, and he makes a very convincing argument why our leaders should continue to literally fight from the front. Absolutely. Because uh, let's say that I'm sitting in my comfortable house and I lose a war. I don't care. I've still got right. my comfortable house. Yep. But if I'm leading from the front and I lose... They're just young guys. They can die. No, no right. worries. <laughs> exactly. So uh, it is really interesting to see these two guys, these titans of industry who are willing to do this. And obviously it's it's for fun. It's but. super funny. It's like <laughs> yeah. the most meme thing. Like I, I, If you would have said 10 years ago that this would be happening, no one would believe you. They that would be ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And the fight all started because Zuckerberg started a Twitter competitor. Uh, and so mm. Elon said, oh, it's not as yeah, good. Okay. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. Zuck said, send location. And, you know, then the... And here <laughs> the, we are. Yeah, exactly. I do have to say, I think it's a little bit of an unfair fight because Zuckerberg is a robot. He's an android. Oh, so true. he's probably got, you know, like Terminator capabilities underneath that flesh suit he's wearing. Don't but... forget, though, Elon is a... Uh, um, he's an alien. Oh. Right? He's from Mars. Okay. Yeah. So it's like Super alien serious, versus predator, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So all right, all right. Enough, <laughs> enough about Musk and Zuck. We'll we'll yeah. get to that maybe as a follow up after the fight. But uh, sounds good. Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk Fourth of July, right? Independence Day. I like it. Yep. So the British would call it uh, Happy Treason Day, mm. right? Well, I think it's only treason if you uh, lose. So <laughs> since we won. It's Independence Day. <laughs> Indeed. And back-to-back World War Champions. Yeah, keep, keep enjoying your tea with milk and whatever crazy stuff you do yeah. over there, British people. <laughs> I wish we had some tea to pour out. We uh, well, we're, we're having some water. We'll get to that and why it's water. But, there you uh, go. Yeah. Yeah, my, so my wife's obsessed with, like, British television and, you know, The Crown and Downton Abbey and all that kind of stuff. She just watches it on repeat. It drives me nuts. But I love to joke with her. And she, she's tired of it. But she loves, or I love to say... Uh, you know, every American stopped caring about British royalty on July 4th, 1776. So it's about the most patriotic way to crush British television. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, does your wife do that? Oh, she, she loves English TV. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a weird phenomenon. It's like white women in their 30s and 40s are like obsessed with British the crown royalty. And the pomp and the, yeah, I, I think it's the, um, you know, the, the dresses Treason. and the yes, traitors. <laughs> yeah, Our wives traitors are traitors. We're going to have yeah. to, we're going to have to educate them a little bit better. I but. know. And they forget that uh, European socialism is completely subsidized by American military might. Really? You know, oh yeah, they couldn't have these castles and this, um, you know, shorter work week and all that without veterans like yourself uh, protecting the free world. Um, they don't have their own armies to take care of this stuff. And so, you know, it's our job to uh, <laughs> to help them out. So even even 200 years later, we're uh, yeah. you know, still kind of carrying them. Back-to-back <laughs> World War champs, just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God exactly. bless America. You're welcome. You're welcome, Europe and the rest of the world, for still speaking your native tongue as opposed to speaking German Yeah, we Japanese. don't want the Germans here. Yeah. Or Japanese. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Back-to-back World War champs. So since we're talking military stuff, I got a, I got a couple funny military things we haven't really discussed on the show yet. Uh, so the unit I served in, uh, 2320th Field Artillery, is called Balls of the Eagle. <laughs> and that is legit the name. Wait, do Eagles actually have balls? Are they, like, what size? So I'll get into the history of where it kind of comes from. But, okay. uh, yeah. Yeah, so Balls of the Eagle. Um, the greeting of the day when you would salute people or they would salute you would literally be Balls, sir. So you'd say balls, like when the battalion was called to attention, we'd say balls, you know, really loud. Nice. Yeah. Hilarious, man. So that was literally a thing. Um, 
but to, to add on to that, so everyone's, you know, if you're the battalion level, your call signs were ball six, ball seven, whatever, right? Yeah. The chaplain's call sign, and I'm, I, I'm not making this up. Ask any veteran who served in this unit, they will tell you this. It's uh, Holy Balls, which has Holy got to be <laughs> the coolest call sign that's ever existed in the army. Because normally it's like something super like alpha, you know, edgy, like Bone Crusher 7 and, you know, uh, Predator 6 and like all these like really like, you know, hyper masculine, ridiculous names. Mm-hmm. And that it's like Holy Balls. So it comes up on the radio. This is Holy Balls. It is like, there's, it's like a, watching some joke show like mash or something you know it's like it's the, but that was his call side so yeah um the reason why it's called that if, if memory serves me correct and you know historians out there can correct me in the comments if i'm wrong but uh a lot of it comes back to um cannonball but also like the way the unit fought in world war ii kind of earned the title they had balls you know because the 101st was relatively new and oh, yeah. uh anyway there's a lot of history and stuff with that so it's kind of a it was a little bit of a joke that kind of stuck i think is is kind of how it got to that but that is anyway. awesome yeah yeah so uh and then next funny kind of militaryism that i haven't discussed and we referenced that we we're going to talk about this at some point so uh you were you were mocking my uh uh Turkish get-ups that you I was just doing. collapsed. Yeah, so that's how we did it in the army because we're a bunch of idiots. But also it's because I'm conditioned with sandbag get-ups, which I'm sure every veteran out there is like, oh yeah, those things. Um, and so when I was deployed with my buddy Sterling, we we would work out every day. We we're like super religious about it, and we were like best buds. And uh, we were like, hey, let's let's go make some sandbags, right? We got our extra cargo bags. We can go fill sand from you know the pit that we would make sandbags with for like cover. Um, with our like cargo bags to just ta- duct tape it up and everything, we were tr- we we're gonna try and like make it solid to work with, and we we're like, ah, uh, you know, we didn't have a scale either, so we were like, kind of just eyeballing it, and uh, we b- we build these sandbags like, oh, great, tomorrow morning, let's go crush it, we'll get these things out there, and we'll just yeah. use sand sandbag get ups for like I don't know thirty minutes, some ridiculous number that's like super oh, that's, lofty, it's hard work, and so we're getting going, we're just like, oh my gosh, um, we're like absolutely dying by the time we're done, I can like barely stand up, we're about to throw up and everything, and then we're like. It was supposed to be like an 80 pound sandbag, I think, was the the prescription workout. Which is insanely heavy. Can it you was, describe what a sandbag get up? Yeah, is so you like you literally like throw a sandbag on your shoulder and you have to like kind of fall to the ground with it, but then you have to like figure out how to also stand back up with it on your shoulder and you can't set it down. Yeah. So you you have to like manage the weight all the way up and through. So maybe I'll I don't know. It's hard to show in a studio, but. Uh, it's not easy. Imagine picking up half a person repeatedly for 30 minutes straight. You know, yeah. not fun. Uh, but it was supposed to be like an 80, 70-pound bag, something like that. <laughs> Afterwards, we go to the, the, the team room, you know, the, the platoon room or whatever, to, to weigh the things. And they're like 130 pounds each, some ridiculous number. And we were like, oh, that was so excessive. <laughs> like, we dumped them out. So we spent all this time building sandbags. And that's why I, I do Turkish get-ups like an idiot, because I'm too conditioned for doing stupid stuff like that. And that's probably why I have back issues. But <laughs> it's not service-connected. No, of course not. Uh, the VA will tell you that. So yeah, anyway, yeah. enough military stuff. I think I wore that one out. Uh, last blurb I'll say, though, is fireworks are forever ruined for me, uh, because after you've spent time in the field artillery... Uh, well, in really combat arms, uh, you know, a little hard to be excited about little when you've done, you know, massive cannons and missiles from aircraft and things like that. So, yeah, Fourth of July is a little boring in terms of what everyone else gets excited about. But freedom is never boring. That's so, right. God bless America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is always fun to blow shit up. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I'm, you know, I'm a big kettlebell fan. And so in contrast and uh, contrast with that, um, 
it's funny watching you collapse as you go down because the uh, you know the kettlebell get up is all about control mm -hmm. um, and so it's this um, very specific process you know that, that kind of goes through all that so i'm supposed to basically do all the steps of standing up in reverse yes exactly okay. yeah, there's a specific lunge technique i'll show you how to do yeah it. sandbag you like have to fall or you're going to hurt your back oh, you, you kind of okay. have to roll with it like a like a parachute landing this is going to feel a lot better yeah. you're going to like it yeah yeah yeah, definitely. I'm so, looking forward to our I first was really bad at the Turkish get up is what Dustin's saying. I, I suck. <laughs> well, I made I made a reel. He's like he's like, You're just falling down. I was like, Oh <laughs> I thought I was doing that. I was right. so tired. I thought I worked good. Yeah. I don't think we've ever done a proper workout together. No, this the work the first time. We're gonna do it after this, actually, today, yeah. this afternoon. What day of seventy five hard are you on now? Today I'm on sixty eight. You're on sixty eight. Okay. Day sixty eight. So for those of you who aren't familiar with 75 Hard, uh, George, Justin, and I have been doing it uh, for the past uh, couple of months, 75 days. Uh, each day requires one 45-minute workout that's outside mm -hmm. and one 45-minute workout later in the day that can be indoors. Yes. And intensity-wise, please don't anyone do 14 intense workouts a week. That's a really bad idea. No, my, my outdoor workout is usually uh, a brisk walk with my wife yeah. in the evening. Today it was swimming this morning. Yep. Yep. So uh, as long I, as I also do outside. like I will also add on like stretching and foam rolling and stuff because we're not 20 year old kids anymore. You got to yes, take care of your body. Exactly. So. Uh, it's, it's interesting how much I would say 50 to 60 percent of my workouts now are recovery as and, they should be. Yeah. And the rest is, you know, muscle building and strength mm -hmm. and all that. So 75 hard, 75 days, uh, no alcohol. That's number one. That's been tough. I still miss beer. Uh, I certainly am looking forward on that 75th day to uh, our 76th day. Yeah. <laughs> to have, uh, yeah. Don't do it on the 75th day. <laughs> That'd be a disaster. <laughs> you got to right? get to 76. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, so 75 days in a row, no alcohol. The two workouts that I mentioned. You have to be on a diet. Pick a diet. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, 10 pages per day of nonfiction uh, of nonfiction. And it needs ideally to be a paper book. It has to be a paper book. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you it has can't to be. do audio books or anything, which right. I hate. Yeah. So when it, whenever we eventually talk to Andy Frisell, I'm going to tell him how much I hate elements of this. <laughs> yeah. he's, probably, he's probably going to laugh at me and call me weak. But yeah. uh, for those of you out there who maybe want to try this, I think it's ex extremely excessive. Um, I think for most people, just cut the alcohol. That's like the really that's the best part about this thing, probably. Yeah. If you're going to do two workouts, it needs to be highly thought out. And I think having to do it, like not having rest days, is not. I think it's counterproductive. It's mentally draining in the wrong way. Yeah. It's physically taxing in the wrong way. So I'm a hard gainer. Maybe I'm my, maybe I'm the anomaly. I really struggle to put on muscle mass. It's super frustrating to feel like I'm making a lot of progress, but then because I have to do it every single day, it's like I, I'm losing growth and gains because yeah. I'm just constantly doing something. And even if it's recovery work, you're still doing more than I probably should be doing when I need to be just like straight up taking a day to recover and deload, you know? Sure. Um, that's George's two cents. You know, don't don't. Don't yeah. kill me about it. It's just so for someone opinion. who is not a hard gainer, um, I got up to 280 pounds my freshman year of college. Whoa. And it was not muscle. I was I was pretty fat. Uh, and so, um, and that was at age, age 18. So I lost the weight pretty quickly. And it was funny. I could not get a date my whole freshman year. <laughs> I thought there was something, you know. And then I lost the weight, and I was beating women away with sticks. And I realized that year that women are just as shallow as men. <laughs> it turns out that is a real thing. It's not even shallow. It's, <laughs> so it's not even shallow. It's just uh, how you're made. Like, sure. it's, a, it's a genetic... 
you know, survival of the fittest type of thing, you know. Yeah. So maybe that's a conversation for another day. But that was a big learning experience go, for me. Though. Go figure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You look more physically attractive. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. What are we? What are the odds? People. It's also same. Not not in a sexual connotation. People like attractive people. Uh, there's been like studies done on this. I think where, yeah. you know, very scientific. Also not very scientific. But generally, like so. That's a that's a tip for like uh, getting jobs. Is if you're if you think you're a very attractive person, like good facial features and stuff. Yeah. You should include a photo because it naturally endears you more okay. to the interviewer. Yeah, that makes sense. So even in a non you know attractiveness sexually it's like kind of a so does that work with other I mean, guys think, so like, for, like, I mean, think about like movie actors and stuff they always try and trick or try and pick you know beautiful people usually for almost yeah. every role even if it's not required because it's kind of just it makes them more but charismatic but I see a very attractive man as a threat potentially maybe I don't like a really good looking guy because I'm concerned that he's gonna steal my wife away maybe or like that. I don't know but I mean who are your favorite action heroes they're not ugly men yeah. that's a good point yeah <laughs> you wanted to be them and, yeah that's a good point yeah I just need to add like another foot and uh, you know, hundred pounds, and I can be Arnold. You know, and the so. accent. Yeah. Okay. Hello, my name is George. Uh, I'm here to crush you. That's a fun fact. We haven't <laughs> talked about this. I was born in Vienna, Austria. So uh, okay, there's actually a little bit, you know, Schwazi. If you're watching this, uh, <laughs> I lived in the in the city. My mom would walk me around Schönbrunn Palace uh, in the gardens when I was a uh, toddler and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I've always been an American, U.S. citizen, born abroad. For those wondering, so. God bless America. I'm no, no European you uh, allegiance here, <laughs> other than our NATO allies, I guess. But sure. Anyway, yeah, it's a fun fact. Just we were on the topic. That's so. cool. Yeah. All right. So we're almost done. You're on day 68. I had to reset because my first week, I took my uh, my toddler to a wedding. He was the ring bearer. I live in Florida. It was in Texas, and I just didn't prepare for it properly. So it's I wasn't. Hard. Yeah, I wasn't able to get the water. That's the other thing we forgot to mention for anyone for seven. Oh, a heart. gallon of water a day. Gallon of water a See, day. See, that's where it's. That's for me. That's the most excessive thing of the whole thing. Yeah, I yep. weigh. I weigh a buck seventy. I'm yeah. five foot nine, and unless I'm doing an insane strenuous workout, like I'm overhydrating. Yeah. I work in an office. It's air conditioning. I have like this cush lifestyle. A gallon of water a day is so, re it's so, so much. You're flushing your kidneys. Yeah. It's day. way too yeah. much. Like I'm, it yeah. looks like water when I pee like right. all the time and I'm always going to the bathroom. It's yeah. too much. So, and then for me, I'm in the operating room. So I have to call my docs and say, Hey, I really have to pee. They make fun of me the whole time. You know, how's your prostate? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I have to deal with that. So yeah, I typically don't drink that much water. I think it's too much. Yeah. So what is your first alcoholic beverage going to be? on day 76 when you get out of jail. I went to Chattanooga over Memorial Day with the family, good little family vacation, and just quick blurb for the city of Chattanooga, amazing vacation if you're ever in the area, definitely plan to stay a night and you know spend some time around. The aquarium's amazing. Yeah. So just random for those I've out there. I've been to the Chattanooga Aquarium. Super fantastic. cool, yeah. really, really fun little city, but there is a distillery there, the Chattanooga Whiskey Distillery. Okay. Uh, and while I was there, I got a special bottle you can only get in their store in Chattanooga. Nice. It's a special blend they did. It's a red, white, and blue blend. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, because I, they use different red, white, and blue corn, I guess, um, to make it. Anyway. Cool. All right. So it's you know kind of patriotic. And uh, I'll be done five days after the fourth. So that'll be my first sampling. That's coming up. But on, on that note of alcohol, I, this has been very eye-opening to have. This is probably the longest I've gone since I was deployed that I have not had alcohol. Yeah. Um, and I really don't even crave it. Like I don't, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. Actually, it, yeah. I just genuinely enjoy having a good one every now and then. Yeah. Um, not not to drink to excess, but just to enjoy. I like bourbon <laughs> and, yeah. and beer. Sure. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But uh, keeping it to purely social stat or settings in sparing amounts 
I think is like an absolute must. I, I really was over drinking the past two years, I think. Yeah. And I was already trying to cut back a lot since like the new year. And we talked about it on the, you know, the annual review episode. Yeah. It's been very eye opening. So for those of you who are like not feeling very good or you're struggling to lose weight, any of that kind of stuff, just seriously cut the alcohol for like 30 days and just watch the transformation happen. I think it's pretty mind blown. Uh, joints don't feel as swollen, all that kind of stuff. It, it really, it really messes with your sleep too, like a lot. So really eye-opening to be off this long and to see it and i'm like i'm going to treat it as kind of like having a dessert every once in a while not something i just do all the time and i think something that many of us do is we've had a rough day at work so we have a drink to help relax yeah, and I'm not that's do that not a good crutch yeah I, I think it almost it's a depressant right so it probably makes you feel worse well it ruins so. your sleep too like yeah I, I i used to wear like that whoop strap or whatever and it would give like pretty good analytics on like heart rate variability and stuff when yeah. you sleep excuse me and uh if I just had like a single beer, just one, like eat a huge meal and one, even a light beer, yeah, my numbers just <laughs> just completely tanked. It was like mm -hmm. alarming at how bad it was. So if you if you have like a lot in one sitting, like you're basically not getting any REM sleep that night, which then makes you further, you know what I mean? So it's kind of a vicious cycle. Yep. So that it's been very eye opening. Uh, yeah. The no alcohol thing is probably the best element of this whole challenge. I was really hoping that it would not affect me the way that it did because I do enjoy drinking. Yeah. So I wanted to not lose weight. I wanted to not right. sleep better. And I've dropped a ton of weight. I'm sleeping amazing. It's it's so frustrating because I didn't yeah. want that like, to happen. I don't want it to help. <laughs> yeah, I realize it. I don't really, want to give up my vice. It really made a big difference. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm what about going, you? What's I'm, your first I'm going to have a founder's beer. Oh, uh, that's the Michigan brand. That's right? the Michigan brand. Yeah, okay. it's uh, Mich uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is where my family is from. Okay. It's Beer City, USA. Mm. And debatable. Uh, yes. <laughs> I What's think your they, beer city? They named that themselves. I'm from Portland, Portland area, man. Portland, uh, Oregon. Come on, okay. that's like yeah. the microbrew mecca. Like you kind of have to drink if you live there. Huh? I think there's more breweries <laughs> per capita in Oregon than there is anywhere in the country. At least there was at some point. I don't know if it's still that way. And but. you have Willamette Valley right kind of nearby, which is for wine. So yeah, you've got that whole there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of good. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't live there anymore, but I grew up there. So right. when I became 21, it was like you go to the grocery store and like just the grocery store aisle has like more selections than liquor stores do in the South, you know, for, yeah. for beer. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so the silver lining of course is we didn't have soda until prohibition, right? Nobody had mm. really drank it or thought about it. And so when alcohol was banned, Coca-Cola, all these companies added in soda, soft drink, right? Versus hard drink. Right. Yeah. And so now we have, you know, I, I would argue you're probably better off having a beer than a Coca-Cola. Right, if you had to pick, it's a tough call. They're probably mm -hmm. either one's kind of problematic for you. But uh, you know, I, I almost wonder if cutting out alcohol completely for some people, if they're just going to replace it with soft drinks, that's not good. No, that's no. not good either. No, yeah, that, so <clears throat> that's the slow death. Is it's a death by a thousand cuts. I yeah. think the the soda. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's why I say with with this whole challenge thing, if you're if you're really wanting to do it, knock yourself out. But the diet thing, cutting sugar, cutting alcohol, that's like, I think for. 90 plus percent of Americans that's probably like step number one yeah and you're gonna see like massive change in 30 to 60 days when I was a personal trainer my first year I was super intense we have to get your food exactly right we have to find it I realized it would last for six months and then clients would rebound it wasn't you know for some people that intense period is okay but for most of us nobody wants to live the next 50 years eating salad and water, right? So what yeah. I would do is I would say, don't change your eating habits, have a Snickers, do what you want to do, but cut the alcohol and cut the soda and just drink water. Yeah. 
and it was amazing the results people would get. Interesting. A little bit of exercise. If all of your liquid calories are coming from water, it is very hard to be overweight. It's certainly possible. <laughs> you know, other people find a way. But for the most part, what really gets us in trouble, I think, especially in America, is soda and beer. Those are the two that you know that really crush us. Yeah. Um, so this was a great learning experience for me going to where I'm basically just drinking water. Uh, what a huge difference that made. Yep. Um, so Protein shakes and water yeah. and coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't forget coffee. <laughs> That's why I'm peeing all the time is a ton of water and then coffee and then protein shakes and pre-workout. And it's like, yeah. oh, my gosh, this is a lot, a lot of liquid. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I feel like I'm just a giant water balloon walking around half the time. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, mean, I can't wait to not have to drink this much water. Yeah. Uh, I will enjoy on special occasions to have a drink um, yeah. and treat it as a, a treat. Yeah. Not as a uh, a right. I think that's a big thing. Yeah. So it's been a little eye open. It's it's good. It's not always so. Andy Frisella, if you hear this, don't come after me. Yeah. <laughs> there has been there has been value, but I think a lot of people should. Uh, you need to really, depending on where you're at in life, really take a hard look at if it's going to be beneficial for you. Because I think, I think a lot of people would burn themselves out by the, about the 45 day mark, and it could be counterproductive. I think so. Maybe doing half of the activities. Uh, might be more helpful, but that's just my thought. So I could see that. Yeah, and you're you're a naturally more disciplined person than I think the average person. Yeah, certainly. Given my background, I I didn't really need an exercise in like self discipline. Yeah, <laughs> this has been yeah. a little overkill for me. So I'm I'm just like over it. I I certainly did. Okay. Uh, self discipline is not my strong suit mm. by any means. Um, I've mostly been able to get away with being able to do mostly what I want. I haven't needed to have a super intense disciplined yeah. regimen for myself. And as a dad, that is tough because then I don't naturally feel the need to discipline my son. Yeah, that's I'll fair. just let him do his thing. And the worst thing you can do with dad, it, you can't let your three-year-old yeah, do his thing. Yeah, you can't be the fun dad all the time. No, Especially exactly. when they're young, it's like they need to know boundaries. Because your wife will resent that. That's yeah, a yeah, great yeah. way to make your wife hate you is to be the fun dad all the time and make her be the policeman mm. all the time. So, so it's almost like you're shedding that responsibility. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, so you know, as dads, we have to take that responsibility and let let the mom be the fun one. Mm -hmm. You know, um, one of it, it drives me crazy because my son does think Kim, my wife, is funnier than me. So I'll do the funny thing, and he kind of stonewalls it's me. It's fact. It's not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then she'll do the same thing, and he cracks up. Right? <laughs> so I was like, what am I doing wrong? Uh, but that's wonderful that you're wearing she, mandals for one. That's that should that's hilarious, right? That should count. Yeah. It, nah, he's like my he's three, and he's like my dad's not cool. Yeah, not. I've already lost school points with my fourth son. Exactly. Just wait till he's a teenager, dude. He's not. Oh, it's over. Yeah, dad. Oh my gosh, Dad! Can you maybe not yeah. like not? drive me to school? I'm just—I don't want to be seen with you. My That's daughter's already starting to do that. She's like, she's like, Dad, oh, please stop. And I'm like, <laughs> you are way too young for this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Way too young for this. Way too twelve. Oh That's man, it. when she's a teenager. Oh no. I'll tell you. What, so I met your Pray daughter. Pray for me. Yeah, I met your daughter for the first time today, and watching her with my son Lucas is absolutely incredible. They yeah. are so cute together. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, been so much fun seeing that. They are just—it's just pure. It's pure happiness and joy, and it's pure acceptance. You know what I mean? Like kids don't, they don't see the world through the same eyes as we do, and so it's just like, oh, new friend, you know. And instantly, there's no, there's no judging of like, do you fit into my circle? It's just raw, like let's go. And they're five years apart. Yeah. You know, and he's he's like a toddler still. She's a young girl or you know preteen almost. You know, yeah. they're very different stages of life in terms of development, but they're still just like, woo, let's go. You know, and playing and all fun and games and uh i think we could learn a lot from our kids actually it's a it's a beautiful thing to just see because my daughter does this with everyone every new group of kids she meets 
there's never any worry about like what the color of their skin is or what religion they follow and it's just like raw acceptance and love yeah. and they go and play have a good time and right. you know every now and they fall and get boo-boos and all that kind of stuff but it's just like yeah pure you know what i mean there's not much in the world that stays pure and that's one of them so if you're yeah. not a, if you're not a parent Right. And you don't ever get to see your kids doing that. You miss out on like this. Just it's like restoring faith in humanity. Oh, so <laughs> and maybe I'm maybe I'm just a sucker for the dopamine hit or something. But, yeah. All right, fine. Sign me up. <laughs> you know. It's and that that's why kids are so important because they remind us how we should be as adults. You know, if we yes. disagree on economic policy, we can still be friends. And there are a lot of people who would disagree with that statement, which is so insane to me. Fight me about it. <laughs> yeah, right. Five percent is right. No, five and a half percent. <laughs> you know, and then it's yeah. And so it is so wonderful to see kids just enjoying themselves yeah. and having fun. So I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to this weekend and watching them hang out. Yeah, we we're gonna we can maybe start some new traditions. Uh, yes, we can make this a thing. So yeah. speaking of traditions, what were some of your Fourth of July traditions growing up. One of my favorite holidays. So uh, growing up, uh, we would spend every summer in Michigan. On okay. Uh, we have an old school cabin, logs stacked on top of log. It's over a hundred years old. Uh, no air conditioning, uh, no amenities of any kind. Just one rustic bathroom. Nice. And it's so great. So I took my, it. Yeah, exactly. So I took my son up there last week, and we, uh, you know, had a blast with that. It. Um, it's cool because we have a private stretch of beach, and I would argue that West Michigan has the best beaches in the world. Really? Three months out of the year. The other nine, it's freezing. Well, I gotta so. stop you there. How many beaches have you been to around the world then? Oh, That's a bold question. claim there, yeah. Mr. Burnham. <laughs> Let's see how it works out. The black beaches in Hawaii are amazing. Those are definitely worth visiting. So um, you've, you've been- like, Costa Rica. Okay, you've been, uh, you've been around. As a Florida man. Have you um, been to European beaches? I have. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're fine. They're more rocky. Uh, California beaches, you know, same thing. Mexico is beautiful beaches, but there is nothing like fresh water. Mm. Uh, no sharks, no salt. Um, beautiful white sandy beaches. Um, the sunsets are like nothing you'll see anywhere in the world. Um, so I would seriously put Western Michigan uh, really against yeah any any of the most world class beaches. Now I will continue to travel to other beaches throughout the world just to compare. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you'll fall on that sword for us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a sacrifice Jeez, I'm willing uh, to make. Yeah, yeah. And so private stretch of beach. Um, there's this incredible tube that allows me to do about a 20 foot cliff dive into the channel next to it. So every year I'll dive into the channel and then there's this kind of scrambling process, which gets a little more challenging to do every year uh, to get back onto the tube and kind of back to the beach where I need to go. I'll have to show you and describe what that process is, but it's- We'll have to like link a video of it or something in yeah. the description so people can see what you're talking about. Definitely, it's kind of a pilgrimage for me to go up there and make this dive and have this whole- And you um, did it as a kid, right? So this is like the a- The first time I ever did this, I was seven years old. Oh, Oh, wow. Okay. I so saw the older it. kids doing it. I almost died diving in. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Like like every good boy playing hard. That's like, yeah, I almost yeah. died. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then I realized, okay, this is an important thing for me, and so I kept doing it. But uh, So that's that's one big 4th of July tradition is to make sure that I'm able to um, get that dive in and, and spend time at the cabin. Uh, the fireworks are incredible. So because it is a private stretch of beach, we can kind of do whatever we want. Mm. My uncle is a legitimate pyromaniac. I think if he was to be labeled with that. Um, <laughs> so know, we'd be really good friends. Yes, I could see. Uh, yeah, you have to. Bobby, you guys. You got a daisy chain. Well. You got to take the, you got you know what magic whips are? Tell me. Uh, you know, it's like the, you know, the hell's a popping, like the green things that you throw them and they. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like a long strand of that. Yeah. Well, you can take out the wick and basically daisy chain ridiculous amounts of things together oh, because it's, nice. it's essentially you just like tie the it, uh, well so you actually do this in the military with like deck cord and stuff but it's yeah. the same concept you're tying you're you're tying multiple fuses together 
so you can like have multiple things go off at once. So like I was doing that since I was like eight. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so you were ready for it. Yeah. Super irresponsible. <laughs> I've got all my fingers magically. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So you, does he do that kind of stuff where he's like stringing it all together? We've and never done that. We're gonna have to get the two of you together and do some brainstorming. You guys will get along very. There's well. also like you can take Piccolo Pete's and if you like use electric tape on them and kind of smash one end of it, it it'll turn it into a little bit more of like a stick of TNT versus like. It won't whistle. It'll just explode. Oh, cool. Okay. There's, there's a lot of crazy things. So yeah. Uh, monitor your kids. Do not let them do this without supervision. Yes. This is definitely one putting of those. That, putting that blurb out there. I give you some some dangerous advice. So yeah. monitor For, it. Very important dad <laughs> moments. Yeah, be a present father when there are yeah. fireworks involved. Don't, don't say, here you go. Have some fun. <laughs> yeah. They'll be coming back looking like this, you know. Um, uh, missing fingers for those listening. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's a, are you done with your traditions? Please. Yeah, say, that segues into like what we did yeah. was... We'd always go to our cousin's house. They lived uh, in Estacada, Oregon, and they had like five acres of woods in their backyard or whatever. It's kind of on a hill a little bit, and like we're talking like real woods, like real thick pines and everything. You know, the classic Pacific Northwest kind of vibe. And uh, they were their dad used to race motocross, so they have like trails designed through the woods. It's freaking amazing. Tabletop oh, cool. jumps, all kinds of stuff. So yeah. we would ride dirt bikes and ATVs. Um, and just like tear it up all day. And then their dad would do what I described, like daisy chaining tons of fireworks to make a big show. But he, he taught us just enough that we he would let it, he would let us mess around enough to kind of like start learning the ropes. So as we yeah. aged up, we kept like expanding what we were doing. Nice. We'd like yeah. tape them together and throw them up in the air. And also, you know, I guess really not that dangerous, but just dangerous enough that we felt like we were being dangerous. You of know? course, yeah. Um, we got way into paintball. So we'd paintball in the woods. They're just super cool stuff. So that was like, uh, vivid memory. I still remember like almost every single one of those Fourth of Julys, just at their house in the woods doing stuff like that. So yeah, uh, that's kind of the big one. We'd occasionally do it at like someone else's house, but it was almost the default go to their place. Yeah. Like the whole family would get there. Sure, all the women stayed inside, and all the our family is like mo- almost all boys. There was like my sister and one cousin who's a girl, and everyone else. There's like twenty boys, so of varying ages. So imagine you know an army of young teenage and below boys just running out in the woods with fireworks oh my god <laughs> sounds like a blast yeah <laughs> so yeah that was that was what we did literally a blast america we shot each other we blew stuff up yeah we roasted marshmallows yeah rode dirt bikes great traditions yeah so you know i do wonder because less than half of americans now say that they are proud to be an american right so in most polls it's something like 35 to 40 percent of americans are you very proud to be an American? They'd say, no, I'm not. Shame. And I, I wonder if that's a tradition thing. Do you think if we all, you, I wonder if all of us who grew up with these cool traditions, do we have that pride? Or is there something else there that kind of led into that? Uh, I actually think that's more of a age of social media thing. Mm, it's okay. so easy to inundate ourselves with negativity. Yeah. Politics, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I, I, so I think the, and that the negativity sells, right? Uh, yeah. Pomp talked about it on that last episode we did about mm-hmm. Twitter promotes negative it promotes controversy so yeah. like all these platforms want you to be contentious because it keeps you going on their platform yeah. so then all these companies are pushing negativity politics is a big hot button issue to begin with then yeah. you make it always negative it's never a positive yeah so I think there's and we have so much visibility to all the bad things happening yeah. corruption or suspected corruption all that kind of stuff this mm-hmm. isn't a political podcast but um i think it just makes people feel uh disillusioned yeah. you know that's my take i it's, could see that well and you know i think 50 years ago 
the negativity was against other countries, right? And so people were proud to be powers, Americans. Just the, these evil, the Russians. Yeah, the, the the axis of evil, you know. Yeah, and so America good, other countries bad, and so now we've yeah. kind of shown the lens on our own country, and now we say, oh, America's bad. Are we so, the baddies? Are we the baddies? That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is good. Obviously, we have problems that we need to fix, but yeah, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. And that's uh, that. That's the real challenge. Yeah, we were kind of talking on the drive overs. Like, even, even if you're like not very well off in the U.S., you're still in a lot of ways better off than the vast majority of the world currently. But also, like potentially humankind ever. Yeah. Like we live in the most, the most uh, excess culture that's ever walked the face of the planet. You know, I mean, yeah. so for all our faults, you still got a lot of good things going for you. You know, it's not like shoot that book we're reading that justin has us reading you know his his this guy we're reading their ancestors like moved out on the frontier the jolly roger right you woke like you were born and the second you could like plow the field you were just work in the earth till you die you know i mean that was yeah. life so right. it's an honest life in a lot of ways but there was no such thing as like fun money or leisure time or doing what you wanted it was like literally i gotta like grow crops or we die yeah and we have no electricity no plumbing if if we get sick we're just out you're just done you certainly weren't walking into a podcast studio to record. Exactly. Yeah. Talking about our great friends. family traditions and blowing stuff up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in a lot of ways, I think, too, it's kind of like it's almost like uh, it's a little bit of the the uh, privileged ideas topic where mm. it's like you have so much freedom to kind of do what you want with your life. Yeah. That you have that much more freedom to just be negative about everything in right. a way. And it's almost like a it's almost like a privilege in a way that like yeah. you could afford to be upset about things that really aren't life or death yeah because if you're like like a subsistence farmer in some third world country like you have to work every single day to not starve and to get water right it's, it's right. four hours like, a day walking to yeah, the well exactly. and back just you know to hydrate and if yeah, yeah yeah so in a lot of ways like we this comfort creates maybe the i don't know there's so we're literally complaining about having to drink a gallon of water whereas <laughs> right, there yeah. are people who the thought of having access to a How gallon of water i suck <laughs> yeah we are yeah <laughs> first world i'm gonna enjoy every sip i'm sorry <laughs> yeah exactly this well, yeah but when you put it in perspective like how lame right like oh man i have to drink a gallon you know like yeah people would literally kill to have that so yeah. anyway, maybe I, we're kind of going off on the weeds here, but uh, I think that perspective is important to appreciate. And also as it relates to our kids, like help them understand uh, as they're growing up, because that's where that gratitude comes from. It's like, you know, <laughs> look, I, I'm a veteran. I served. I'm very proud of what I did. There's a lot I'm not proud about of our country. Yeah. Like a lot. And we're not going to go way off into the weeds on this, but I will say that um, I want my daughter to appreciate the things she does have uh, yeah. and to be grateful for them. And th I think that's a healthy mindset that regardless of how you feel on left, right, center, whatever, everyone should have that. Uh, and I think a little bit of patriotism is, is a good thing yeah. because you need to connect with those around you where you live. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then you're cutting yourself off from friends. And yeah. like we talked about with our kids where like, there is no differences. They just play and enjoy. And so, like, if yeah. you're so hard-lined on the negativity or politics or whatever, you're you're essentially isolating yourself from potential meaningful exchanges that are going to help, like, improve your life. That's so. such a good point. So maybe we don't have a problem with America. We have a problem with our neighbors, and we extrapolate that to the rest of the country. Well, I don't know about neighbors, <laughs> but I just mean in general, like, I feel like people are so, uh, you know, face value type of thing, right? You don't give people yeah. a chance. Yeah. So. I mean, you and I probably disagree on a whole lot of things. We do. Uh, That's true. And we're like best friends. So. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, if you were right more often, we could agree on more stuff. Well, so you know. Definitely help. <laughs> Can't win them all. I but just it, drag my knuckles everywhere, you know. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's funny. So Zuby talked uh, to Elon Musk on his most recent podcast about this, how many people are no longer team human, how it's very common to be uh, anti-natalist, um, anti-human, and saying that we are not good for the planet and that it'd be better if all humans left the planet and then we'd leave it for the bears and the deers. There's there's hundreds of millions of people that believe this. It sounds crazy, but this is a very common uh, viewpoint. And I think by the same token, so they laughed and they said, if we're not team human, who, who's going to be, right? And <laughs> right. so by the same token as Americans, the if aliens. we're not... Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, he is an alien. So uh, so <laughs> if we're not team America... Zuby's uh, an alien? <laughs> Elon, yeah, exactly. So, but, but no, if, uh, if we're not Team America as Americans, who is going to be? And so that, that's interesting. Are you referencing the movie? <laughs> America. America. Oh, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good segue. Favorite 4th of July-ish movies. Yes. Or, or even remotely close to. So cheesy, historically inaccurate uh, but The Patriot was awesome. Every time I watched that, the, the British are just such great bad guys. Are we the baddies? <laughs> you know, as you said. And so, you know, watching yeah. Mel Gibson you know, take the cleaver, and it was just, you know, that was a great. Uh, they have a king, you know, like how King George the Third, the Mad King. Indeed. What a. Do you have a King George, the Mad King, being George? Do you have an impression? No, see, I'm named after George Washington. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm named after my great-grandfather, George Wilson. But okay. that's yeah. pretty close to George Washington. Oh, that's true. So. That's good. Yeah. So big fan of the Patriot. So if you're an American, George is a good name. We've had three presidents named George. Oh, good point. Okay. Um, that's yeah. a pretty high percentage. That's probably the most common. It was right? the most popular name in like 1901. Okay. So I'm totally current. Classic. Yeah. You're beyond boomer. <laughs> I'm a century off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm a last millennial. Yeah. Literally, the last millennium. No, that's like, true. Yeah. I think it was like an 1800s name. I don't know, whatever. So. Yeah. That's a, that's a century, but whatever. Uh, and so best uh, Independence Day movie of all is, of course, Independence Day, right? Because it tells the true story of how the British came from space mm. and tried to invade America. British. And our only hope was Will Smith, who mm. protected us uh, from the dangers of the British aliens. You want me to do my Will Smith I think you should do your Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Get my movie title out your mouth. <laughs> and you're That's Chris awesome. Rock, and I'm going to... Yep. Yeah. I don't think I can reach across. Fair. All right. Yeah. It saves me a little bit of danger. <laughs> so definitely favorite. How about yourself? What's your uh, your top uh, Independence Day movie? Uh, I don't know about Independence Day specific. Mm. Are we talking war movies? We go war movies. Yeah, for sure. I think We Were Soldiers is incredible. Um. You haven't? Oh my gosh, we're watching that this weekend. Okay, it's let's like, do it. Okay, so we were talking, we're going to go on a tangent now. Yeah. Uh, and this is something I want to do like more frequently with us is, because uh, you were talking about you were raised by a single mom, you don't know a lot of like kind of manly things. And in a lot of ways, I don't, like I can't work on engines or anything, so I need to go like do that kind yeah. of stuff too, just to kind of do it. Um, but in a lot of ways, I feel like you've missed out on some, some things that like you should no, but We Were Soldiers is an incredible movie. I was singing to Carly Simon while you were watching We Were Soldiers. <laughs> Different we're going to watch that. I'm, I'm making you do some man homework this weekend. We're okay. going to watch We Were Soldiers. Okay, nice. Uh, yeah, that's a really good one. Um, I won't spoil anything for you, but if you've, you probably don't even know the history of the battle. No, what, so what, yeah, give me a brief synopsis of the... Uh, Vietnam, uh, it was kind of the first battle where the U.S. tried the air mobile concept... Okay. Yeah, you know, they they air assault in with helicopters and create an LZ and try and expand. Um, 
historically, actually, all it did was teach the Viet Cong how to fight us better. Because yes. um, okay. they tried, you know, big army said, oh, what a success, right? They killed all these VC and stuff. Mm-hmm. And in reality, anyone who was on the ground probably would have told you, mm, this. we lost a lot of guys. We should maybe consider how we're doing this better. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Big army thought, oh, what a great concept. Let's just keep mashing that button. So the next time they did it, the VC knew the whole game plan. Uh, and it was actually a total disaster. But the the reason I like the movie isn't because of like, oh, you know, America the Great or whatever. It's at the at the brotherhood level. It does a really good job of showing the different perspectives from enlisted men, officers, you know, the commander, all the different levels and the different struggles they have. Either fighting the fight. There's one the guy who wrote the book was basically just a war correspondent. Like he's a you know like a army photographer. He's yeah. not even supposed to fight. Um, you know, put alongside them all and everything, and so just watching the the human level of it is why it's so. And there's also a little bit of a uh, from the perspective of the VC as well, it humanizing them too. So it's not it's not your typical war movie of like I'm trying to think of some cheesy one where it's like America just goes in and just crushes everybody, and it's like this vapid you know propaganda piece. It's a little bit more nuanced, yeah. And I think shows a pretty good. Not that I'm like the authority on the military or anything, but shows a pretty good understanding of like what it means for soldiers to fight side by side, yeah, and uh, kind of put it all on the line. So for me, it like I watched it when I was young, maybe ten years old or something, with my dad and just like weeping, crying at the end of it because it was like so moving and stuff. But it made me also appreciate really early on like what sacrifice for your brother means, you know? Yeah. Um, so if you're wanting to get a glimpse into like realistic bonds between warriors, I think it's a pretty good view into that i can't wait to see it and i think our culture needs a little bit more of that because if you look at most cultures historically they had a healthy kind of warrior culture that society understood and appreciated and recognized was like an important thing that had to happen yeah so some element of shared sacrifice yes i know if if you and i have both gone through a challenge together we're guaranteed to be better friends than if we've just shared a beverage together and Mm -hmm. nothing challenging happened so uh, I think many of us, I know I didn't, I didn't really have much challenge or sacrifice growing up. I had a pretty easy life and that changed the way that I looked at things and I was probably not as appreciative mm. as I would have been if I'd had some struggle that I'd gone through. Yeah. So um, so what, for, for the 4th of July, what does it mean to you and what do you want it to mean to your daughter? What do you want to pass on as a dad that, that this holiday matters? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, the history of it. Um, yeah. I bet if you asked a lot of people today, they wouldn't even know why. Why did we celebrate the fourth? It's the day we beat Mexico. Yeah, right? it's, they're getting yeah. so oh, no, that's stupid. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so not that either. I'm I wanted to understand the history because I mean, yeah, we're all living this this great American experiment, right? And we're a relatively young country. Yeah. We're not. I mean, compare it. We talked about Europe, right? Like, so I was born in Austria. I was able to visit when I was a teenager. Like, there's palaces that are older than America. You know what I mean? So yeah. we're kind of a young thing in mm-hmm. in global history. And, uh, you know, she, she should grow up appreciating that it's, it's not, it's a unique thing. And you have a lot of comforts, uh, and rights that a lot of people across the the earth don't get to, or in the past never did. So I wanted to appreciate that. Um, but also I think it's a good chance for us to show how having fun is an important aspect of life too. It's good to take time off to unwind, be with good friends, have new adventures, experiences. So for that, we already knocked one off. There was a launch today, SpaceX launch. So cool. We got to see it from the pool. Watch the, I mean, it's just cool stuff like that. You know, you get to live in an amazing, I think I'm very optimistic despite all our faults. You know, I'm just filled with optimism. So I think something about this holiday always feels 
like the air is fresher. So, you know what yeah, I mean? It's like okay. when you step outside and you just feel a little lighter type of thing. So I want her to like have that same, uh, you know, you're talking about her traditions. It just makes me feel really good. Uh, yes. And, and I want to recreate that for her. And having traveled to many places where this is not the case, I believe that Americans are uniquely optimistic and hopeful in mm. many ways. Uh, people in Europe are wonderful, but I, they don't often see that the world will be better for their children than it is for them. Uh, and they don't necessarily hmm. see innovation as likely to make the world better. There's this kind of general feeling that, oh, if we have new technology, it might change things, but not for the better. It'll just make things worse, like they've always been. And that's not how many Americans view the world. We tend to say, wow, if we create something new, we can actually improve Yeah, things. we think pretty short term, like one generation at a time, whereas like other cultures, they've existed for so long, like how could you not think in terms of centuries versus... I like that. That you know makes I mean? a lot of sense. And maybe that's where It's kind of a unique American-ish kind of mentality, I think, but... Yeah, we like to move fast right and or wrong. things. Right America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so for me, I definitely want my son to maintain that sense of optimism and hope. Yeah. And that, that's, what, um, that's what that means for me. America is hope at the end of the day. Whether we achieve that or not, that, that is, is the goal there. And so when we change things to where we talk about the history being bad and all the terrible things we've done, it's important to reflect on that and recognize we've made mistakes. Yeah. But at the same time, if all you do is talk about mistake after mistake, you're not going to have a good opinion. Well, and, and to be perfectly clear, every large civilization has done horrible things. Yes. <laughs> not, not dismissing <laughs> yeah. our, our troubled past our, ourselves, but it's like, humans love to find a way to be awful to each other. So yes, <laughs> find a way to be good to each other is the message. Of course. You know? Yeah. And so that's something that I want to pass on to him yeah. is how important that is. And uh, so that that's really key for me as, as part of this holiday. So hopefully over the next couple of days, I can impart a bit of that to him. Yeah. Even at three, it's amazing what he remembers. He'll have a friend that he remembers from six months ago mm. or, or a toy that, you know, he lost right. uh, half a year ago. And all of a sudden he'll, he'll reference it again. They're sponges, man. They really are. They, it's incredible they... what they absorb. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, let's see. As I say, um, another great kind of war movie, of course, The Band of Brothers, but oh, also okay. also The Pacific. I mean, if you haven't seen either of those, I feel like that's a requirement as an American. I've seen Band of Brothers. Okay. So The Pacific is about the Marines in the Pacific. Uh, theater in World War II mm -hmm. and it's a little less about like the bigger battle picture and it's a little bit more on like the individual level again yeah uh, so if you, you get a lot more into the like the non-battle there's plenty of battle don't get me wrong um, but there's a lot of insight into like what they were dealing with outside of the actual fighting and I think okay. that's what a lot of people don't understand um, you know that there's a lot of elements that mess with you way beyond getting shot at you know yeah. so that's a great one got to see that one what I, that's what i enjoyed about saving private ryan yeah exactly was there were battle scenes but of course it was about the story of rescuing somebody right. and his backstory yeah and that. yep um and then so we both seen extraction two recently if you haven't seen that greatest action movie i've seen in probably five years absolutely incredible yeah i think film. well i think it's the best movie to come out since top gun maverick yeah okay just all around like it knows what it is it's not it doesn't try to be more than it is so i'm not saying like it's going to be greatest all-time you know classic or anything but in terms of it recognizes it's an action movie its job is to entertain the audience and have a good enough plot just to make sense and it certainly does and it that. just delivers it just yeah. does it 
and then I feel like in every movie nowadays, they're like, they're trying to force some message or make it more than it is. They're trying to be like all lofty in their eyes. It's like, no, if you're a comedy, just make comedy. If you're an action flick, just make action. You know what I mean? So it, it's just like totally ticked all the checks. You know what I mean? Chris Hemsworth is, I, I think him as Thor is absolutely wasted. Just mm, complete waste yeah. of his talents. I think he's like, he is, I mean, he's a freaking specimen of a human being. So he fits this role of like the tough action hero Mm-hmm. you know shooting people and all that kind of stuff i think yeah. he crushes it and like as a literally g- crushes it yeah <laughs> yeah with the leg press <laughs> that was spoilers awesome, yeah <laughs> uh but you know i mean like we grew up in the same era kind of like arnold schwarzenegger and you know sylvester stallone and all these like just like over the top action movies so it's like it's a little bit of a callback to that but with modern you know cgi but there's enough practical effects it doesn't feel disorienting where yeah. you're like oh they really did some dangerous stuff um like that train scene I saw some behind the scenes footage. They're legit like flying helicopters around this train and there's dudes acting like they're falling off the train. It's it was like wild. Like oh, they wow. they did some pretty dangerous stuff. Were there any that. injuries that you saw? Or uh, no, but I'm sure there were. Yeah, there I had mean, to be. <laughs> there's some pretty crazy stuff they were doing. <laughs> yeah. So but I mean like that as an audience, you feel that. You yeah. know, you feel that tension. And so like I, yeah. Go watch Extracted Two, yeah. just a total random thing, but you were like, do I have to see it? I was like, yes. <laughs> Are you happy that I made I you watch it? I do not regret it? it. I was a little stressed as I was watching it, though. Well, good. <laughs> that means that means you were engaged in this story. <laughs> I, I did. I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, though? Hemsworth is, like, absolute action hero, right? Like, He's definitely top five yeah. for that list. I think yeah, he, he does it right. They need to sign him up for, like, ten more things yeah. like this or similar. And we all need an Idris Elba to be our friend to, you know, pull us out of jail, right? <laughs> That's the best without <laughs> going to jail for the rest of my life. Bob Brady says, other, no, you're yeah, not. I got The you. other, like, yeah. total side topic I want to point out is, like, <clears throat> they let him be the main character and like this hyper masculine thing. They give him a little bit of a flawed, you know, he's the wounded hero type of thing. You get to see a little bit of his emotions and struggles. Yeah. Uh, I thought they did pretty well, but they also give him a strong female like partner mm. who isn't like overshadowing him and this ridiculous stuff you see in movies nowadays where it's like total girl boss, Mary Sue, never they never get hurt or whatever and they're like all powerful. No, she like there's real tension with her too, where she's she's smart, she's cunning, she's tactically proficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a great character. Yeah. Regardless of gender, you you can you're drawn into her, and she doesn't overshadow Hemsworth, and she's side by side with him. But she also has danger. Like you know, you feel like she's gonna die at a couple points in the movie too. Yeah. And I would argue that like. I want my daughter to watch that and be like, awesome. You know, not yet. We're going to wait like six years and then so she can watch it. She's a little this. older, yeah. She's a little older, but <laughs> yeah. like to be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's awesome. Like she's, you know, it's like a buddy cop kind of, th- That that's a lost art, I think, in movies. And we're totally off on a tangent now, but yes. I, like those are what people love. It's not because of uh, diversity check. It's because of character development. And yeah. even in a stupid action movie, it's about like. And that movie did have its diversity check. They had, you know, very different. Oh, a little, but I mean, she, she's not impressive because of any of that. It's not because yeah. she's a she. It's yeah. because they developed her as a character. There's a, there's a history with them. They play off each other really well. Yeah. And so as a, a viewer, you just enjoy the good character development of it. You're right. And so I think it's great that we have more diversity in movies, but you can't force it. It has to be natural. And well, yeah, really and like I have a daughter, and like I don't want her to think that it's like, oh, be, just because you're a girl, like you're awesome. It's like, no, you need hard work discipline like there are elements of things that regardless of your gender you need to gratitude yeah you know we're talking about optimism Mm -hmm. so it's like i don't want to just grow up thinking like oh because you're female like everything's handed to you and that's wonderful or it's like no you need to so you you know maybe i'm reading into action movie too much but yeah i watch these kind of things i think about like who you know i grew up as a boy i had you know heroes like arnold schwarzenegger whatever but like who's my daughter gonna grow up and, and think about and stuff and like a character like that strikes me as someone that's 
more you know, it's a stupid action movie but there was actually some thought into her character as opposed to just like oh you're a girl boss yeah because that's like no one wants to hang out with that character like no they're i don't want to go off not, too far of the weeds here yeah but. no they're very simplistic characters so it was nice to see that yeah you're reducing them down to like nothing else like give them i don't know so yeah i agree Okay. Go watch Extraction. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice plug for that. Yeah. Um, how are we doing on time? What's 55 our... minutes. 55. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Well, you want to wrap it? Yeah, let's do a wrap. I like it. Do you have any good dad jokes for the 4th? Oh, uh, 4th of July independence. Oh, here, I got one. Okay, if I could hear your fireworks, I wouldn't be impressed because I'm deaf artillery. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, most of mine are more implied as far as uh, yeah. making fun of Europe and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it really is the best day for it, you know, uh, to to appreciate the <laughs> just yeah. so many interesting differences as far as that. Um, and I think uh, today is actually Canada Day, right? So happy eh? Canada Day. Eh? Oh, dude, let's go chug some maple syrup. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What is it? What is it? The Tom, uh, Tom, uh, the store. They all. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, is it Tom? The, no, it's. Uh, Oh, oh, not O'Brady's, um, but no, yeah, it's that terrible. They have awful coffee. Um, oh, Hortons, Tim Hortons, Tim Hortons, Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. Yeah. There oh, you the go. Place yeah. is terrible. <laughs> All of Canada just declared war on you. Uh, there, yeah, it's over. <laughs> I had a Beyond Meat. Which, this is my fault for ordering a meatless burger from Tim Hortons. All right, we're gonna end the show now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dustin's excommunicated. One of the worst things I've ever. I had two bites, and I had. To, I very rarely throw food away, and this was totally inedible. Because it's not food. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, just, just so we're clear. Yeah. Yeah. It's like fake plant products. Fail. <laughs> Huge fail on my part. Yeah. Well, that's what I get for eating Canadian. Uh, <laughs> hey, hockey's <laughs> awesome. Meat. I love hockey. Love hockey. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Um, we went to our first hockey game. First, uh, took my daughter to my first hockey, her first pro hockey game this last fall. So, yeah. Nice. Great. I was kicked out of Niagara Falls by the Canadian Mounties. Uh, nice. Yeah. So drove up through uh, New York, went to the Canada side. Because you're like, borders don't control me. I'm an American. <laughs> yeah, I can do what I want. So we go. This is just Northern America. <laughs> I'm just it's not go Southern conquer. Canada. This is. <laughs> yeah. I'm just sorry. Uh, no, you're good. Tell so, the story. <laughs> uh, we saw this incredible waterfall, and there were some signs that said clearly, you know, don't walk here. This isn't part of the experience. And so, but you're ungovernable. So. <laughs> I have become ungovernable. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I was probably 19 at the time. We hopped over the railing, and there was this incredible cave. You know, we checked it all out. It was really cool. And then as we're walking out of the cave, uh, the guy actually said to me, "Hey, what's this about?" <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing. Is there like, fully what? <laughs> Can you say so, that into my good ear? Yeah, and so I had to sigh, and you know, they said, "Please don't come back." <laughs> you know, it was the most kind. That's like, yeah. Oh, we're really sorry, eh? We got to kick you out of here. You're in big trouble. But I'm really sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. So that was. What's the other one? Uh, pro produce or uh, what's the word? I don't know. A boat. A boat. Uh, that's no, a big one. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Mm. Yeah. I know several Canadians. They're great people. I do, agreed. Yeah. It is weird, though, how their uh, heads flap up and down. Jordan Peterson is Canadian, right? Oh, yes, that's true. Yeah, good old JP. Great, great comedian. Or great c Canadian. Shopify is a Canadian company. Lululemon. Oh. Oh. Big fan of Lululemon. All right. Yep. So. Enough about Canada. This is America's <laughs> Day. We're recording on Canada's Day, but we're publishing this for America's Day. So That's right. I you like can it. keep your A's and your Tim Hortons. We're going to keep our freedom and missing fingers and fireworks. Yes, exactly. America grilling. Oh, I was gonna ask favorite, like historical American figure. Oh, good one. 
colonial civil war whatever like mm. just not not current era yeah agreed uh, barack obama uh, no, <laughs> I gotta go. Uh, Do push-ups. Uh, yeah, I gotta go. Uh, Abe Lincoln. Um, I, I think uh, you know his his speech four score and twenty years ago we did you know all that. I mean it's just from someone who really speaks to me and all that. It's um, four score and the Gettysburg Address. Yeah. Um, so seven years ago, four score and seven years. Ago. Oh, so yes, yeah. Thank you. Um, but uh, you know, I got as far you. as uh, yeah, a real figure from America that was taller than life. Um, you know, it had, it had literally. Fans. Yeah, he was giant. Big Mar old fans. tall hat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So he's definitely up on the list. How about yourself? Who's your uh, favorite? I'll give you two because I don't know if this is old enough, but Theodore Roosevelt, I think, is. Uh, Teddy. Yeah. I think he was like the consummate man, man's man. Mm. He was hyper, like you know, he was a warrior. He was a scholar. He was, um, I think. M- you know, he gives, he's getting tons of speeches that were like at colleges and all that kind of stuff about you have to be both. You can't just be, which kind of aligns, it's in line with like the, the you know, the pillars of manhood we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not, you can't just be one dimensional. So he's like a huge, he was a huge proponent of that big, yeah. big figure on that. The man in the arena. National is, park system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was an outdoorsman. Uh, so I, you know, a lot of him, I think like men today should try and emulate amazing figure. Um, Oof. I, I want to go like back to like colonial era. I think uh, George Washington was just like, I mean, that's kind of cliche, but just what an absolute legend to like, they wanted him to keep being president. And he was like, nope, I think we need to pass it over to. So-. I mean, just like what yeah. vision, you know what I mean? Just he could have easily, the he Washingtons was, yeah. could have been. Yeah, you know, he could have been yeah. like the dynasty. You know, he could be, right. he could have been the emperor of whatever he wanted, you know? Yeah. Um, but just to have the, the, the vision, like we are who we are today in large part because of like, his leadership and, and ability to think ahead. Yeah. Which is incredible. I mean, if, <laughs> I think if most people were thrust to that position, they would have gone the selfish route, you know? Cause... Of course. Yeah. Power, <laughs> power corrupts. It's yeah. amazing that he was able to say no. not that he was a perfect guy. Like, don't get me wrong. There's, yeah. there's lots to not like about anyone from back in that era, but, yeah. uh, I just, that, that blew me away. Like learning about that. And I don't know if that's, I don't know how much of that is like embellished, Maybe maybe it's a little over told than what reality was. Maybe I should yeah. study that a little bit harder. But I just think the whole concept of him having the foresight to like make the American system versus like just recopying what Europe did. Sure. You know what I mean? Not easy. And it wasn't just him. It's like you know, is many of those great thinkers type of thing. But. Yeah, I mean, Thomas Jefferson told us that political parties, factions, would you know potentially undo the country later, and then sure enough, civil war happened due to it, and now we're. You know, struggling with that that factional battle between Republicans yep. and Democrats. A lot of wisdom there from those guys. And I think if we went back and looked at some of their writings again, there's a lot to learn from it. Yep. So I kind of cheated that answer, but <laughs> always good to have. More it's than my one. show, so you have to do it. No, you I'm can do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm the host. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, I think it's a good place to wrap it. So uh, enjoy your Fourth of July if you're listening to this after the Fourth of July. Hope it was a great one. Uh, but yeah, you can definitely pay attention to forging family traditions, traditions with friends. Great, great things to to think about as a father, and take some some intentionality and like think it, creating those memories for your kids and your families and friends. And yeah, God bless America. Yes, sir. I love it. Get All out right. there and grill some meat. Yeah. All right. Enough talk. <laughs> Get climbing, dads. We'll That's see you right. in the next one. Awesome. God bless America. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Present Fathers Podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Spotify to catch all of our amazing episodes. We will see you in the next one.